Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Tap, back to Black and White Podcast. I'm Daniel Anigro, and I'm live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today we bring it back after the obviously disappointing loss to Lyon and exit from the Champions League. Today's going to be more of a fan focus, uh, a Juvent- the second Juventini on the show, and uh, someone that I've met quite a while ago now, thinking about it. But uh, yeah, it was one of the first real encounters with anyone. I know Twitter was, you know, has, has blossomed over the years and the different WhatsApp groups and uh, obviously Facebook groups and around Turin was really the, the start of everything around Jay, around Juve, as, as, as Maurizio called it back in the day. And that's kind of where we really, where it really all began for me. Um, not necessarily cheering for Juve, but coming together with different fans, being in Canada, it's been... You know, there's a lot of Italians here. There's about, you know, 10, 15,000 where I live in Calgary. And there's a variety of teams that everyone cheers for, a lot of Juve fans. But it, it, it's something that's more, you know, you hold towards your, towards yourself. Being a Juve fan and watching at home and trying to find the, the, the streams. And I've gotten into detail how difficult that was. And back in the, the early 2000s and even into the to uh, the the this run that we've had, and um, so it's it's been quite an interesting time. Now, obviously, we've won our 38th title, the ninth in a row, and yeah, I just wanted to throw it back. I'm gonna be kind of trying to bring together a group of people that I first met in my first trip to Torino uh, to watch Juventus play, and my only trip actually, and uh, just wanted to get some take and and takes on what they think of Juve now, how they be- became a fan, all that jazz, and, and uh, you know, possibly conclude it with uh, the kingpin himself, Maurizio, the founder. And like I said, that really started this, uh, being able to talk to different fans, and now there's all these platforms that make it so easy. I mean, really, it started with him, so the props all uh, go towards him. Um, but again, with the boring stuff, guys, um, Please smash the subscribe if you can on YouTube. Drop a like uh, if that's where you listen to the podcast or watch the podcast. Click the bell for notifications. That's going to give you the best opportunity to see it right as it comes out. And again, for iTunes and Spotify, same kind of thing. Please subscribe. Please drop a, a, a rating and uh, a comment. That would that helps me out the most and uh, more than you guys probably know. But uh, yeah, uh, keep it locked. We're going to have a, quite a few podcasts coming up even before this new season starts on September 19th. So uh, some more fans, some more, uh, if you want to call it, post-reaction to what's happened because it's been a crazy uh, few weeks. I've kind of taken some time for myself. It's been busy at work. But uh, without further ado, uh, I'd like to introduce my guest, Farah, from Singapore. Um, I'm not sure if most of you know because it has been quite a bit but she was the president of the uh the official fan club there in, in singapore and uh we're kind of calling into the future because it is a bright sunny afternoon in singapore sunday afternoon and i'm still about 10 o'clock at night on uh, saturday so welcome for uh thank you for coming on the show hi daniel thank you for having me so obviously second Juventina again guys we want to you know create some diversity bring on different opinions I love hearing everybody's stories um so if you know anyone who wants to come on the show just please drop me a DM on all the all the platforms again 
Um, and again, from anywhere in the world, we'll make it happen. Um, we've been up at three in the morning. You know, this is a pretty reasonable time, so not, not nothing crazy now, but um, we'll make it happen some way or another. Um, but obviously, like I said, we met uh, back in 2016 when I went to see Juve Sampdoria. That was the final game of the season. We smashed them 5-0. Um, but it was kind of a, an interesting group. You know, there was... There was a lot of people from everywhere. I mean, you had some people from, obviously, Asia. Some North Americans were also there from U.S., Canada. Um, and then some fellow Europeans as well uh, sprinkled around. So it, it was definitely interesting to see that uh, all kind of take place. Maria comes to mind from, from Cyprus as well as Giorgio's from Cyprus. That guy's got... If you want to, if you want to see a scarf collection, that's the guy. Uh, that's the guy to talk to. So uh, ridiculous. But uh, we'll look. I'll, I'm going to try and get both of those those two on as well, as well as Maurizio to talk some curva, uh, curva sud and ultra. But uh, as for now, thank you for again for coming on. It's it's a pleasure to have you. And um, let's get it started. Uh, pretty basic as always uh, with the podcast. If someone's new new to podcasting. Uh, we'd like to know how you became a UA fan, quite plain and simple. <laughs> That's always the first question, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and in answering the question, I always reveal my age, not that I'm shy about it. Um, but <laughs> uh, I grew up in a sporting family. You know, my, my father uh, was an athlete. Um, he worked in sports. So there was always football in the house. Um, but I first watched um, Italy uh, in the World Cup uh, Italia 1990, I was 10 years old, um, and that was Robbie Baggio's uh, first World Cup. Um, and of course, you know, here comes this this magical player. Of course, that wasn't the World Cup for him, uh, right. but he did play some really great games. Um, and I always say that I, I'm fortunate uh, that that was the season he ended up in Juve. Imagine if I turned out to be a Fiorentina fan. Um, <laughs> It would be yeah. completely different. Yeah, completely different world. Yeah. And, and I also know people who only, you know, say started watching, you know, in 1994 and then, you know, kind of uh, decided to follow Robbie Baggio along to uh, right. other clubs. So, you know, the, the, the prospect of, of not being a Juventina and, and how easy that could have happened when, when you grow up in a part of the world where there isn't that, that family heritage or anything, you know, to, to bind you to it, right? So, so one, I was very, very fortunate. Timing was perfect. Robbie Baggio followed him to Juve that summer. He left. I didn't. That, there you that, go. <laughs> plain and simple. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I, and I, I agree 100%. I think even, you know, with heritage, it's quite a... It's quite an interesting thing because we've had Marie on the show and, and her dad is actually a Napoli fan. Um, obviously, she's from Brook, uh, Queens, excuse me. And so her dad is a Napoli fan. Well, she wasn't really into to football, calcio, whatever you want to call it, early on. And she kind of grew apart and became a Juve fan. Well, that's obviously caused some controversy. Um, in being two different clubs that have gone head-to-head for quite some time now but um yeah it, it's crazy to hear you know one slight thing for me it's always been getting a del piero jersey when i was whatever age uh as a kid 
Um, and that was just, you know, that that was history then. So, I mean, hey, if I would have got a Maldini jersey, you know, it could be a completely different podcast, completely different uh, fandom, you know. It, it, it's not, it's usually some kind of moment. Uh, for my family, I, like I've, I've been saying, it's not really, uh, they're a sporting family, but not, not necessarily on my mom's well my mom is definitely not not the sporting type uh, uh with all this cultural talk she gets uh she gets annoyed with it with with how into into it i am but you know my dad is more of uh you know a, a hockey fan so to speak and that's really it for him so it's not really that, that we love a lot of sports for me i love all sports but um you know, yeah, it is pretty simple because you know, if, if one uncle from that that likes this team, you know, Roma could have been an easily easy choice for me. But I agree. And then you look at you look at the low hanging fruits, right? The the Premier League teams and the La Liga giants, you know, being so prevalent around the world, you almost ask yourself, how the hell did you not, you know, cheer for the Real Madrids and uh, the Ar- even the Arsenal's got a big presence in, in Asia as well as you know Man U and Liverpool and whatnot right so yeah it, it's pretty cool that you know Baggio was the connector and it usually is a player I've heard it either from young to old it's a it's a player whether it be Marquisio, Del Piero, Baggio, Buffon whoever it is uh that's usually your first there's the, there's the occasional one that you know really just came for the the stripes and good for them um but for me like I said Del Piero always but that's a great story. Um, in terms of how you watch the games, now everybody's different. You know, I gotta, I gotta find this out. For me, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to hear anybody. Maybe because my, like I said, my family isn't necessarily a uh, uh, into Juventus or a lot of sports. Uh, me and my dad will watch hockey, but for me, with calcio, I don't need to see anybody. I don't want to see my mom. I don't want to see my dad, sisters, cousins, whatever. I gotta be by myself on the couch. Uh, I don't even like wearing the jersey, to be honest. Because when I watch the game, if I wore every jersey that I had, they would literally be ruined. I would have to throw about half of them out with the amount of sweat, the, the amount of sweat that I that I have uh, during these games. Um, so I've stopped doing that. Unless it's a really important game, then I'll throw on a throw. I got a couple special ones that I like to wear uh, during the games. But... For yourself, Farah, what's what's your pre-match ritual? Do you got any superstitions? Give it to us. Um, okay, so so I'm gonna give you some context. All right, match in this part of the world are mostly at 3:45 a.m. Um, and you know, twice a year at most, we we get the privilege of a 7:30 p.m. match, which is lunchtime <laughs> in Italy, and we know Juve is terrible at lunchtime. Um, so those matches you know, rarely turn out well. Um, yeah. And then our early games kick off at 10 p.m. That's unbelievable. And that's the part of the season. Um, before, you know, before our lives got turned upside down by COVID, um, those early games, um, you know, we would get to watch together. Uh, the, the Juventus club in Singapore would have a clubhouse uh, and we would all go and, and cheer the team and watch together and it would be fun. Except, you know, that doesn't happen very often throughout the season either. So most of the time, 3.45 a.m. Um, ritual, I would take a nap and I would wake up 15 minutes before the before. match. 
Yeah. I'd be in my pajamas. I'll be swearing a lot. My husband would be asleep beside me. And he might wake up a little bit when I'm yelling. The, yeah. <laughs> you know? That's funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the thing the thing about matches at that time is also um, when they finish, say, 5.45 in the morning, um, it's too late to go back to sleep. It's too early to go to work. Depending yeah, you're on the you're <laughs> on adrenaline or you're depressed. So, you know, you figure it out. <laughs> you figure yeah, jeez, man. Hopefully <laughs> those Sunday matches are probably the worst because you got to go back to work on Monday and you're like, oh, if you, especially if it's a bad game, you're like, oh. You've had an entire weekend, right, to not watch Juve and then the Monday morning... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I got to give it up to you guys out there. Um, obviously, in Singapore as well as different parts of Asia, the Middle East, um, Australia. Like, it's unbelievable how you guys can get up. Like, we complain about those four. Like, the the games that you guys have at seven thirty are probably our four thirty a.m. games, yeah. and we'll like cry and like complain about it. But I mean, when majority of your matches are like. 345 it's just unreal um i'll take noon games especially since most people are off during the weekend i mean unless we get those monday scheduled games or friday most people are going to be watching anyways and and canada is big enough that it's over about what four time zones three time zones so it's a pretty good variety for for the most part but yeah, no, I got to give it credit. Like, there's a lot of really passionate fans uh, out there that you know watch all these games and and put in the time. It, it's it's crazy. But uh, yeah, you almost gotta you almost gotta find a job that's like reverse, maybe uh, <laughs> adjusted hours or something. Because yeah, I don't know if I could. I don't honestly. If I was in if I was in your part of the world, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> So again, I got, I got, I got to give more. I got to give so much credit to you guys. I get, really do. You get used to it, you know. After so many years of practice, um, although every new season now just reminds me how much older I'm getting because you know, it takes longer to recover from yeah, the exactly. nights. So. <laughs> well, I could imagine, especially the way we've been, we've been playing too. It's like, do I really? Then you start contemplating, do I really want to? Or are we in good enough form that? That uh, that we should watch this one tonight, uh, this morning. But that, that, yeah, that's 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 funny. Um, obviously, with a significant other, you know, some people have rivalry, some people don't. Um, for me, I wouldn't say there's a massive rivalry. It's kind of grown a little bit with uh, running into relatives from Italy. Obviously, some relatives watch more than others in in Calgary. But um, in terms of uh, with a significant other, we you've had a couple run-ins with a certain team, and um, yeah, tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband is a Tottenham Hotspurs fan, um, a, a lifelong like I am a, an almost lifelong UVA fan. He's an almost lifelong Tottenham Hotspurs fan. Um, he's ten year, ten years older than I am, so that means he did manage to see some success. Yeah. <laughs> the 70s and 80s you know um and and so uh it's it's funny now because over the past i want to say 10 years or so you know spurs has been picking it up a little rising bit. but you know 
<laughs> it's hard for me to say good things about his team. I, I kind of feel sorry for them. You know, they 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 all they are they're always almost there, but but not quite. But anyway, yeah. we we live in a place uh, in, in Singapore called Sembawang, um, and so whenever Juve plays Spurs, not that it happens often, uh, but we call it the Derby della Sembawang. Um, there you go. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and of course, when Juve came last year uh, to Singapore for the ICC, what was the one match that Juve played here? It was Juventus versus Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> it's almost like they asked you, "Come on, Farah, tell me." They, as the president, they did they did they come up to you and say, "Which teams would you like to? Which teams would you like to play?" Well, I wasn't the president. I, I retired in 2018, and, and the, the official club here now is is under the presidency of, of a wonderful man called Asari, um, and you know he's he's been a brilliant president uh, since 2018. Uh, but you know it. Well, I was looking forward to sort of giving them a beating but as it turned out you know Harry Kane scored that freak goal I don't know if you remember or well I don't know if any does anybody watch the ICC from elsewhere like when you're not physically in the stadium yeah it's it's, it's tough like they've been they've been really weird like they've showed them on ES or TSN here which is like ESPN it's the Canadian version yeah. but then they're like so sporadic so And usually I'm going on holidays around the time that they play. So it's like if I'm in Cuba, maybe I'll check out ESPN. uh, uh, What's the one? The ESPN uh, of Latin America or Fox. They they usually show a lot of soccer in South America slash Central America. Um, But for the most part, not really. Um, Plus the hours. I mean. Oh, yeah, that's right. When they start those games. Yeah, like. They start them at a weird time, so it's like most of the time, not really. Um, but it's it's been so sporadic and and weird of when they've had to had them them on and uh, so. But I'm not a big fan of preseason. I mean, ever yeah. since Marquisio got dumped on the last day, <laughs> kind of don't watch preseason anymore because I actually watched that full summer and I was like, oh, Marquisio's coming back. Like this is gonna be his year. Like Oh, maybe that he's gonna be like the the MVP, but like he's looking good, he's playing good, seems like he's fit. Then on the last day, wake up in the morning, notifications like crazy on my phone. Oh, um, Juve has parted ways. I'm like, oh, thanks for just breaking my heart. Uh, right before the, I believe that was what 17, 18 or 18, 19, whatever, whatever the season was. But yeah. Heartbreaker. But yeah, ICC is, I don't know. Uh, I think as of uh, going forward, I, I would like to see more of it just because it, it, it gets the brand out there. Uh, you're not going to see it great, depending on if it's a World Cup year or not, or a Euro or stuff like that. You're not going to see uh, everybody there. But I mean, it's good for the fans to come yeah. together. I would like to go to the ones in North America, but um, you know, sometimes it's they put them at weird times, and like I said, I was for for the life of me, I was always going on vacation in the summers, and now that's going to be a little bit different, even not just because of COVID, but uh, just of because of career choice. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I, personally, I would rather go to the J Stadium to watch games than than Miami or New York or or one. I mean, don't get me wrong; those are great cities to go to, but. Uh, Definitely not the uh, 
not not the atmosphere. Maybe it's a little bit different now. I, I think you can attest to that in, in the next couple segments. But uh, obviously, favorite Juventus player of the past would that have to be Baggio? Would be your favorite, or do you think you would go uh, Del Piero? Or I mean, always Del Piero. Okay, there you I go. I think anyone of my generation will, will tell you that. You know, um, I, I always say that um, Baggio is the one who got the passion going, but Del Piero is the one who, who kept yep. it, you know? Um, awesome. th- there is only one answer. Yeah, that is true for me as well. Um, how about present team? Who, who's, who's, who's got your eye? Oh, this is a difficult one, you know? Um, because for a long time after Del Please. Piero... Please yes. don't say Ronaldo. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, okay, I, 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 I like him and I appreciate that, that he's in our team. Um, and well, I like him now. I was swearing at him before. Um, but, and I, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Ronaldo hater. I know, I know some people can't stand that, that he's in our team. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite player now. So, so okay. I, I will I will tell you I'll give you a bit of a longer answer. Um, since Del Piero left, the the one player who was always my answer to who's, who's the current favorite player um, is Barzal, uh, and he he was he was just he, he was reliable, you know he was yeah. reliable, um, you know even with his hands tied behind his back and blindfolded, you you knew he was gonna do a perfect job, you know. Um, and I think I have more Brazali jerseys than I do anyone else post Del Piero, <laughs> yeah, you awesome. know. That's um, awesome. And, and then of course, you know, um, whenever I bought uh, like away jerseys, I'm not a jersey collector very much, uh, but when I bought away jerseys, it would always be Kellini, um, you know. So the thing is. <laughs> At the moment, you have to say Chiellini because he's still around. Uh, but but the question is, you know, how how around can he afford to be in this coming season? Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. That is a very good question, uh, Farah, because he he looks like he is uh, on his way out. Um, especially when he played that one game and then now he's hurt again. Um, that's crazy. Uh, it's crazy how time flies. Like we were talking about before, you know, 2016 being, like I said, the, the first and only time, how far that's becoming. Now we're nine years into the Scudetto, winning the Scudetto in a row. And yeah, it's like, it's almost like a generation is closing. Um, and I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, it's it's tough. It's tough for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it it's bound to happen. Um, and no matter when it happens, we'll never be ready for it. We could win 20 Scudetti in a row and we'll still say, oh, no, 21's a nice number. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, of course, uh, there is, you know, that elusive elusive one. We don't we don't want to say its name. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's interesting times. It, it will be an interesting season. I, I had I had a lot of hope, to be honest. It's, it's an unpopular opinion now, but I had a lot of hope for Sari. I thought I thought maybe there was something that was going to happen there, yeah. given the right resources and time. Um, and well, it, it's a shame that neither of that were were provided to him, right? Um, but now we'll Definitely. have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into that in a little bit uh, more on how it all ended, how it took place, and even what we have to look forward to uh, next year. 
Um, but back to the players. Have, I know a lot of people say, you know, non-favorite Italian player. I think for me, it's tough because Dybala's done such a great job of filling in that role personally. Um, but then I, you always look at Nedved and that's a, that's a tough one to, to choose between just because of the different levels. I mean, Dybala's not on the, necessarily on that career, uh, you know, defining finish yet but and obviously Nedved's now on the uh on the board and still part of the club but also won a Ballon d'Or and obviously his career's over so it's easier to say see what he's done in the body of work but um yeah it's it's for me it's probably got to be it's going to be between those two I think it's dead a dead heat between those two uh Nedved or Dybala um but even even and I, I like this question because I like to hear what people have to say because everybody's got, you know, some people just maybe you'll kind of get the hint of it with a with favor a favorite player, but you know, a dark horse like a, like a Paduin or like a Giaccherini or Camoronesi, um, just some like maybe even a Furino back in uh, back in the early uh, earlier UV days. Um, but who's kind of like your dark horse, like someone that maybe isn't popular? Maybe you like, hey, maybe you're a big Qualiarella fan, and you know, <laughs> not, not saying that he wasn't loved, but um, not necessarily like a legend player or anything like that. Uh, who have you had a special kind of bond with? If you if you if you can answer that question, you know, uh, and again, I'm gonna, um, I think I'm always gonna go back to my generation when i was a young person <laughs> like you daniel um, young. Okay. <laughs> um and you know um well his life hasn't panned out uh, the way we had thought it would but um i think conte as a player was reasonably underrated um Takinardi i really liked um and and i thought that you know like he, he was one of those players that, solid that, pick yeah, I mean, you, you know, you nobody really goes. Oh, he's he's my favorite player. He he was the best on right. pitch. He he was he was never best on pitch, but but he was there. Um, yeah. and and I think you know, in, in the same way, like if you think about how, um, okay, I'm not by any means comparing Pado Win or Jacarini's skills to Takinardi. That's not even close. But I think what people, oh, yeah. <laughs> like not even like go. Um, yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, I think what people appreciated later on about someone like Paduin um, was how much heart he put in. Yeah. Um, and and if we talk about the frustration of watching this Juve this season, um, you know, you know, we can argue about Sari's tactics till the end of time, right? Um, and of course, you know, we are all professionals; we are smarter than the coaches and all of that. But but. For me, as a fan, what was missing in this team was heart. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, that's going to be something that we're going to have to recapture um, in addition to, you know, tactical prowess and whatever else. Well, table. You, lo- you, look at, you look at the, <clears throat> not even just the way that the things have unfolded, but, you know, the logo and, you know, players leaving and all this overhaul of, 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 of talent coming in and not necessarily being cut from the same cloth. And, and there's a list of things, right. That, that have been done. Uh, 
that you look at it, and yeah, like it's it's almost like the soul's missing, the passion's missing. I mean, you know, winning nine in a row can, can take can do that to you because you think you can almost win every year and you're untouchable, and then you start becoming complacent. So, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think that's why those guys were, you know, like attacking. I agree. I think that's a great shout, actually. Uh, great shout. Uh, and you lose that that appreciation for for like i said players that are going in and putting in a shift but are not necessarily the best tactically or the best uh, technically but they do their job they do their job well um and they get the job done um and, and that's what really you know with all this this money era and um players asking for ridiculous contracts and and clubs giving it to them um, that's what you get. So it, it's nice to bring it back. And that's what I kind of wanted to do with this podcast where, you know, we still kind of remember those days uh, where we had it because quite honestly, you know, me, me and Albert on the last podcast, we kind of went back and forth and I, I agree. It's, it's not going to ever be the same as what it was, but I think you have to take that with a grain of salt, you know, Bring, don't go too far ahead and, and, and really miss the boat just for, for the sake of money. Um, I, I think if that's the case, then we're going to be watching a Super League in the next uh, uh, 10 to 15 years, to be quite honest. Uh, I don't really have hope for, uh, for, for anything else because, you know, it's going to turn into this money fest and you, you look at teams getting away with it like Mad City and, and then they lose today. Uh, yeah, today earlier today uh, and it's just like what are we getting into it just seems like we're uh, it, it's it's all fake and it's it's there's no passion with you what you even look at the curva suit at, at the ultra stadium atmospheres it's not the same it's not the same now we don't want to get it back to a place where there's violence and people getting killed and obviously we have to respect those that have passed you know in the heisel and uh, incidents and stuff like that, but uh, not saying to go that far back. But I mean, I mean, I think there's a happy medium for that, that we can come to, and uh, that's what I, I hope. But you know, I'm always a pessimistic. In terms of the, in terms of what I've seen, Juve's turned me into Mister Negative. So, really, for if you were to ask me, oh yes, that is it going to get better? I doubt. I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. You know, we're we're in a we're in a different age, digital age. You know. Money comes first. We're turning into a brand, apparently. So we'll see what happens. But uh, got a couple kind of e- like uh, one or the other questions: Scudetto or Champions League? Well, it's never an option. <laughs> I I have I have um, Boniperti's quote tattooed on the back of my neck. Yes, you do. And uh, that's it, really. That's all there is to say about that. I agree. So I think you can. Uh, everything. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's not. It's never good enough to lose when you have this. Even with this advantage that we've had now, and you know, this is our DNA. Um, and you know, it's funny how we like to jump around and say, "Oh well, Champions League is you know, it's a, it's a, it's a not an option, but it's." It's a goal, Champions League. I mean, after this long, you know, it's been, what, 20-some years? 
I mean, I, we won like what three years after I was born. Um, was the last time we won. Obviously, there was three consecutive finals in a row. Obviously, winning the first one uh, in, in Rome, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, I would love to say bowl. I think you know, you you have to win everything, and and you have to celebrate everything, and that's one thing that. Um, I think I kind of got away from the past couple of years and kind of realized this year and even the year before uh, talking to some other people and you got to celebrate these wins because you never know what's going to come next. Um, you don't know. Obviously you see, you see the likes of Merda, you know, re- revamping and other teams trying to come. Me look, Milan was looking pretty good. We'll see if that transitions next year, but you don't know when you're going to win another title. You might not win another title for a long time. So you got to celebrate it. And yeah, I agree. Both, both for sure. Bianco. And the next one is he pretty simple. Bianco or Nero. <laughs> you, keep, you keep giving me, you know, options where the answer is both. The answer yeah, is both. exactly. <laughs> Sorry. That was the only, that was the only test. That was the that, that was the only test part of the uh, part of the uh, the podcast. You're good. You passed 100. percent But no, it's uh, you know famous black and white stripes. Um, what have you been thinking? I know you said you're not really a jersey collector, but what have you been thinking about all this? You know, talk. I've said my piece on Twitter. I've said you know different things. But what do you, what are you thinking about? What do you think about you know the paintbrush stripes, the half and half? Uh, what do you think, Vera? How much time do we have? <laughs> as long as you want. We can make this as long as you want. I, I, I hated the last year's half and half jersey, and I'm glad to never have to see it again. Um, Amen. Yeah. And um, it was, I mean, I, I get that they wanted to try something, but, you know, it, to me, okay, so, so to me, I'm... I'm a marketing person, as you know, um, and and I understand. I understand the the need for it, you know, and I I understand that given what we went through, we call it the dark years, right? What we went through post culture polium before we came back up, and we were in so much trouble financially that we do as a club, as a brand, we we need to to find other revenue streams, right? So right. that, so that if something like that, even not as bad, but even something like this, something like COVID happens to us again, and we're not getting people in right. the state, no one's staying at the hotel and whatever, right? Um, or TV money is going to go down. Um, then we need other ways to make money. So, so I, I get all of those arguments. I just wish that they would leave the home jersey alone. Do it on the away jersey. Do it on a third kit. I mean, they release twelve you know, special kits a season or something, boxes and stuff. <laughs> Come on, you know, like, like do special jerseys. I don't care, you know, um, but. I agree. I me, agree. You know, it's like, it's so simple. You have one job, Adidas. Yeah, you have one job. One job. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Don't touch the stripes. That's all you have to do. The rest go like, you know, me and Albert, we talked, we talked about on the last one. He went even to say where the second kit should be, you know, either blue and yellow and maybe pink every so often, like every other year. To me, I don't even, I don't care about that. I like, that would be nice, 
but just leave the black and white stripes. Make it the same jersey every year. If they want it like that, that one with the nice collar they had a few years ago, um, what was it, like 16, 17 or 17, 18, something like that, where the Scudetto was in the, like, the worst place. Um, if they can like redo that and put the Scudetto in the middle, like they could sell that jersey every year. I'll buy it every year. Um, I'll probably get a different player on it every year, and I would, I would never complain. But then they want to do these stupid, stupid gimmicks. Now, there's a debate on Nike and Adidas, right? Who's the better? Who's the worse of the of the two? I, I, I don't know what it is about Adidas, but they just they they're on this like path of we have to make the third jersey like some collective idea of branding where they do like a D, like a, uh, Real Madrid all kind of in the same ilk of like what the design concept is and it's just horrible like i remember nike did it once and then they've never done it again because of how like this year i think they're supposed to do some shoe kind of concept where they're going to take a colorway of 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 a certain shoe be it an air max 90 or uh, uh air force one or whatever it may be and they're going to kind of design it with uh the third jerseys of the clubs you could say, okay, that's a stupid gimmick. That's fine. But uh, from what I've noticed, they're they're pretty good with how they've... They did those ones, you know, that lime green, remember, back in uh, uh, what year? I think it was like 1415 where we had the blue jerseys with the... Yeah. Blue jerseys with the three stars kind of embossed. And then you had those sick 1415 kits that we were in the Champions League. I thought those were one of the, one, another one of the best ones we've had. But they did that stupid, like, color where... We were lime green, and like Barca was like this light blue, and like Roma was this color, and it was just like the worst idea I've ever seen. And I've I really haven't seen them come up with something that trash in a while. But yeah, no Adidas. I don't know. There's so there's a lot of debate on it, right? Because some people say it's good that we're with Adidas because we have the only market share in Italy where there's no really there's no other club that has Adidas as their sponsor. Um, and then you have someone like myself saying, well, at the end of the day, you're still competing with Real Madrid, Bayern, Arsenal, Man U. You know, yeah. that's that's where Juve's, you know, that's where Juve's going. You know, as much as we want to say, oh, you want to solidify the Italy. I mean, I think that's been done already. And you know the rest of the world's waiting, right? So exactly. I don't. We got to go back to Kappa. That's just what it has to be. Well, yes, I, I was going to say that. I mean, you know, Kappa. Everybody says that now, right? Kappa makes the best jerseys, right? Give us a hundred million. <laughs> give us a hundred million Kappa. We got a deal. Let's go. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the 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 good thing I suppose with Adidas is that we are getting more money out of them than we did out of Nike. I mean, that was true. Mm-hmm too long a, a, a contract that paid way too little um but but that that's about it really and uh, you know i mean ronaldo's got another year another year right on his contract um yes one uh, yeah one after this one yeah yeah and then and then after that those jersey sales are gonna go down um you know and and the thing about the the argument that that's had with uh with that's been had with the home jerseys is People tend to say to me, when I criticize it, people tend to say to me, but it looks nice. But that's not the argument. No yeah. one 
you know, the, the argument isn't whether it looks nice or not, because, you know, objectively speaking, the the half and half with a pink stripe down the middle looks nice. Yeah. The paintbrush stripes looks nice, but it's not you. It, it just doesn't feel as, as you as I would like it to be. Give See, me salt any day. I mean, look at what I'm wearing now, you know? Exactly. I know. And that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful kit that I have uh, the retro one as well uh, that I wore on a previous pod. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, to me, it comes down to this. If we want to talk brand and we want to talk business, let's talk business, right? When it comes down to it, how many people are actually buying jerseys? Mm -hmm. And that's really all it comes down to, right? How much revenue is, is UV coming up with? And from what I noticed and Yes, Adidas gave us that that bump. Um, I don't I don't see the big numbers like the, these other clubs, uh, and that's even bringing in Ronaldo. Uh, so you, you bring in a player like Ronaldo. Our sponsorship did go up to about like fifty one million. Or I don't want to get too heavily into numbers, but about fifty one million. You look at our like our uh, our merchandise, which is in the financials. It only went up about. 18 percent um in that first year and i mean that's when you're gonna get your biggest bump your biggest bump is gonna be the announcement year his first season i just personally in my opinion and i don't want to offend anybody but i don't see enough people buying real jerseys enough to make the difference and you could take that as an offensive way or not i'm just saying it as a business point of view in the business point of view for juve they're not like even Ronaldo fans, like they get up in arms and they say, Oh, we're, we do all this stuff. And Ronaldo is such a great, uh, such uh, a great financial bonus for UV. Okay. That's fine. Sure. You could say that in the first year, but how many Ronaldo jerseys did you buy? Did you buy the first one? Did you buy any? Did you maybe buy one that's from China? That's that UV gets no money. Like that's what people don't understand. If you're not buying from either Adidas or you're not buying from the Juve store, Juve is not getting any of, well, maybe if, like if it's an official retailer or whatever, like, uh, you know, JD Sports or whatever, then sure, they're going to, they're, those are going to get factored into the numbers. But if it's something that, you know, is a replica or a fake or whatever, that doesn't get factored into it. Uh, so that's what we got to look at, right? And in terms of, the brand, let's say, you know, the logo, like, how have you seen it? Like, have you noticed this, uh, uh, like, uh, an actual change, be it in Singapore or from wherever you, you've traveled? Uh, do you see this presence that everybody seems to be talking about? Because I'll give you a little anecdote about Canada. And I keep bringing up the story. And probably everyone's going to get pissed off that I brought it up again. But when someone told me that, People were asking, Canadians were asking, and in my, it's, a, it's a smaller town, but it's just like a little suburb of, of, of Montreal, which is a pretty big city. I'd say probably like four or five million people um, in the greater area. So when they're coming up to you and saying, and this is this the, the half and half, they're saying with the Juventus still on the jersey, like what team is that? I mean, Albert made the argument, okay, well, maybe Canada is not big enough, but I'll tell you this. In Canada, soccer, calcio, football, whatever you want to call it, is the most played by youth uh, at the youth level. 
more than even hockey, more than lacrosse, more than football, baseball, everything. It's the most played. Obviously, reason why it's the cheapest, simplest. I mean, you only need a pair. Of, you don't even need a pair of, of of cleats. You can wear shoes, whatever. So it's pretty easy to put together. Now, in terms of that, when I heard that, that was kind kind of like surprising to me because this is someone who works in retail. He's seeing day to day what you know what's being stocked, what's not being stocked. Um, but what have you thought about about this so-called brand and this move towards you know uh, marketing and stuff like that? Like, are are actually in your view? Do you see a lot of people wearing UV jerseys now compared to let's say five years ago? I think in this part of the world. So back to to what you were saying about. Um, Authentic replicas versus replica replicas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, in in this part of the world, uh, the the market for fakes is so significant, and the fakes are really, 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 really good. I got to oh, tell yeah. you this. You know, well, well, I don't think it's a problem just there. I think it's globally is a problem because don't get me wrong. Like I know a lot of people here that, hey, let's say they want to get a Roma jersey or whatever a Bayern jersey, and you know, you just want to wear it to like. Like I said, I don't like where, with the jerseys, you know, washing them, then the numbers get ruined and yeah. stuff like, you know what I mean? So, you know, some people just get them, just say, hey, I can I can play in this jersey, I can play in my Sunday league or whatever, right? And it gets but, dirty and it's okay, you know? Yeah, who cares? You know, 20, 30 bucks for it. Um, right. And honestly, if someone looks at you and walks past you, they're not going to tell that it's a fake no. unless they look at the label or, you know, touch the material or something, right? Um, so so there is that. There is that um, challenge. Um, having said that, you know, you, you, do, you do see a lot more people wearing UA jerseys in the last few years, the Ronaldo years. Um, and I think that uh, just happens naturally because of the way football is being supported in this part of the world. People... Right. There are there are people who support the one team, but most of the time people have a favorite team in the EPL, a favorite team in Italy, and a favorite okay. team in in uh, Spain. Spain. Um, and they'll buy a jersey each and wear it around. That doesn't mean they're waking up at three forty-five every three days, um, right. and that doesn't mean they'll ever go to Torino, you know. Um, but uh, They'll buy a jersey. Um, we do hear that, uh, you know, you, okay, the thing is, UV jerseys, they won't bring as many UV jerseys in as they do Man U jerseys or Liverpool jerseys. In fact, there's a Liverpool store at a mall right in the middle of town, you know, um, and that's how much business <laughs> is available to them in Singapore, right? Uh, so they don't bring that many UV jerseys in, but they sell out. Um, and, and then we go back to that argument of, oh, I buy it because it's nice. Right. Yeah, you know, um, and so I think that that question of merchant. So the topic of merchandising is kind of like uh, stadium uh, gate. You know, the the revenue from from gate, right? Because the money the money comes in, but how much is it in the scheme of of everything of the business right. as a whole? Um, I think Juve having come here last year helped in terms of recognition and prominence um people here know Juve but whether they care about it or not is something else you know um and Juve um, obviously since we've changed to that J logo has had the word Juventus 
over the logo and now we're going into a first season where we don't have that then i think you know a year from now if we had this conversation then i might give you a different answer but but at the moment people are associating the jersey and the j with juventus because it says so or it, it's either it says juventus on the front and they see that or it says ronaldo on the back and they see that true very good point very good point now obviously in terms of fandom and 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 collaboration and and coming together obviously like like i've mentioned you were the president of of, of the official fan club now it's called it's it, the name has, has changed a little bit now uh with the jofc being the moniker that they want to use i guess uh, club doc is not something that i guess flies is <laughs> not brand friendly so it made sense that they changed it but um Kind of give us how that all started. I mean, it's a big club from from what I've heard in, in Singapore. Is that correct? Like, well, give us a number, like how many members uh, and, you know, how it all started for you. Obviously, to be a president, I've always said that I, I would have liked to have done something for, for Calgary. I'm not sure there's a reach. I have my, I'm part of my own, a uh, part of a club here. Uh, well, not in Calgary, but in Toronto, based in Toronto. Um, and it's it, it's it's nice to be a part of, but um, it's a lot of work. So I can understand why you know maybe stepping back, uh, you know having those years that you did uh, were nice. But then obviously, you know everybody's got a life uh, as well, and, and and then the 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 next set of fans take over or uh, someone else takes over, right? So just give us a little bit of a background on on the fan club in in Singapore. So you, um, Juventus first came to Singapore in 2014, um, and we had just rebuilt our national stadium at that time. And Juve played the Singapore national team uh, in the nice. first football match ever at that stadium. Um, the pitch was horrendous, uh, <laughs> so that was quite embarrassing. Um, but but we were not yet an official club then. We were a Facebook group, you know, a bunch of friends. Uh, but we managed to sort of gather people uh, to buy tickets in the same sector and created a, a little curva. Um, you know, we were right behind Buffon where everybody was was warming up. Um, and we were, to say we were loud is an understatement, um, you know, for, for three, four hundred people together. Um, we had song sheets so everybody could, could sing Storia d'un grande amore, and all the cheers. And awesome. everything. I mean, it, it's not easy. It's not easy no. for, for Asians to sing in Italian. And, you know, we are we are generally more shy as, as a culture anyway, right? But we were loud, and, and I always say that we were so loud that they heard us in Turin because a couple months later, they sent us an email um, and said, hey, would you guys like to become an official club? Um, and... You know, it, it was it was something that we hadn't even thought about, you know, because it's just it was so far away from us, the right. possibility. Um, we, we didn't realize that, you know, we didn't know whether we could make the numbers and, and all of that. Right. Um, and so they they talked us through the process. It wasn't as complicated as we had thought. Um, and we only needed 30 people to, to begin with to, to right. sign um, and so that was, say, the end, I want to say the end of 2014. Um, and because membership is uh, by full seasons, we thought, okay, at the end of that season, uh, so uh, just before 2015, 2016 was going to kick off, we would do a membership drive. Um, and it was fantastic timing because we ended up in Berlin that year. Yep. Um, so, you know, that, that got everybody excited. Uh, and we, we coincided with that to sort of launch a bit of a membership drive. 
Um, and the first year we had 63 members sign up. Um, and that sounds like nothing, but but it was it was big for us. It was a big achievement for us uh, because you know we we came from nowhere. We had nothing but grit and passion. I would always say, you know. Um, and there was a, a team of of uh, Juventini, obviously, who, who dedicated their time and and a lot of their lives to to support this project. Um, and so. Year on year, we just kept growing. I mean, the club now has, uh, I want to say, 150 members or so. Um, right I, I, don't, I don't have access to membership lists anymore, so I don't know. But about that. <laughs> um, That's yeah. a fantastic number. That's, I mean, yeah, and, and for, for one us, city, right? Exactly. And for us, that, that's, that's big because we are competing with a nation of Man U fans, Liverpool fans, Arsenal right. fans. Tottenham Hotspur fans. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know that there, there are more Newcastle fans in this country than there are Juve fans, and and that's not the same as people wearing Juve jerseys. Juve fans, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And and so the club just turned five this July, actually. Uh, and you know, the the guys had a a virtual celebration, uh, which was nice um and yeah i mean you know i i was president for three years um used my marketing skills you know did a lot of shoving ourselves in front of uve's face you know and they we appeared on their social media a number of times and that was good um and yeah i mean the last couple of years the guys have done an amazing job um back when we could still play football physically, you know, the guys started up an 11-a-side football team, they were playing in a league and doing really well, um, and obviously ICC last year, you know, yep. uh, and and that curva, you know, got kind of famous as well, um, I think they, they had coverage in Tuto Sport and all of that, so, you know, it was it was good, it was good, uh, and, and the guys are doing a great job, um, and I think that no matter what happens, um, it's easy to get fans when you know, when, we, when we're winning, we're doing well, right? But I think true, that no, no matter what happens, um, there is always going to be, um, there is always going to be that, that 63 from the original 2015 group, you know? No matter yeah. what happens, we could be back in Steady B. The OGs, yeah. You know? Um, and, and there will always be that, that group of people who, who have loved you way through the darkest of times and and we'll always do that from this part of the world yeah that's three computers trying to watch you in serie b <laughs> yeah i mean honestly <laughs> some of the things i had to do just to find channels and you know sometimes you're like am i gonna even watch the game today because i'm like on my seventh stream it's it's falling apart do i gotta find another eighth provider to like find and it was like unreal um some of the stuff even in you know europa league uh some of those games like uh you know even coming out of uh out of Serie b and then and watching games against like shamrock rovers and even man city when we did um it was quite interesting uh to say the least you know even from uh, if you want to say somewhat of a more established uh, internet supplier in Canada, it was still difficult to get channels uh, from 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 Italy and and different places. It wasn't really that, and, and you could say that's a Serie A problem, right? But 
um, because their their media and their marketing have, has just been so horrendous for such a long time. But it was tough. Uh, so I got to give a cre- give credit where it's due. I mean, I see lots of fans from all over, obviously Asia and and the world with different displays. You see, you know, the the gym falls in. I believe it was Albania and 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 Malaysia and, and China and you know. I got to give credit where it's due, you know, if, if we're all on the same page. And I was a little more critical before, but, you know, when I was naive and, and young and uh, of what the passion is. But having this podcast and, you know, talking to more people online and you really see the similar stories and everybody has their own unique story. Um, everybody's got funny stories that stuff happens where either you're in Torino or you're you're watching a game that has either come to North America or wherever um just funny moments and it's it's good to connect because it, it unites us all you know two colors one club unite us all and um you know even talking to uh Iskander Juve Shaw Shaw yeah. I, I I pronounced that correctly sorry buddy we'll have you on the podcast either you know before the season starts or you know after and just talking about even that like the collective Juve museum and I'm just like wait what what's going on and and it's unreal um, just to have a museum where, you know, people are bringing their own their own memorabilia and, and hanging it in in a location where all the fans uh, of the club can can go, you know, admire and see the different things. You know, some people can get some people found some unbelievable jerseys and uh, through the years, right, being you know, 27. I'm not quite sure how how certain people got acquired jerseys. You know, this is before the internet age, right? So, unless you're going to Torino, I mean that that would be my only guess of how you how you bought jerseys in in the '90s and in '80s and, and earlier on, if they even sold them, because I'm sure it was an exclusive thing back when you get you know in times where they're actually sewing the numbers onto the jersey. Um, I don't think the merchandise level was what it is today, but um, yeah, it's unbelievable some of the finds you can have. And like I said, that's such an incredible concept uh, that you guys have over there. Um, And I think uh, is in general, do you guys usually meet? Is that kind of a, is there, is there kind of a a bar or um, the club kind of hosts something where you guys watch live games? I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume, go on and let me assume. Yeah, so um, there is a clubhouse. Uh, it's at a place called Boat Key, which is just along the Singapore River. Um, and it's at a bar restaurant called Sahara. Um, and uh, it's, it's actually owned by someone uh, who was a former football player. Um, so, you know, that, there's, an, there's an interesting there vibe go. there. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the club goes there to watch the, the early matches. One, once in a while, uh, well, I mean, this year it hasn't quite worked out, but um, in the past, you know, we would do three forty-five Champions League matches there. Um, of course, you'd have to gather like 20 people, you know, make it worthwhile for the restaurant to stay open and all of that. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had times like that, you know, where, where we had a group of us go there, middle That's of the awesome. night, <laughs> um, celebrate together or suffer together, you know. Right. Um, that 2017 final uh, uh, at Cardiff. So, so I, I was in Cardiff, um, uh, and um, 
So the guys were, were in charge of, of organizing that. And we had, I don't know, like 250, 300 people. I mean, the, the street was full, you know? Um, it was, there was nowhere to sit and everyone was standing. It was a sea of black and white. Um, we had declared it the, the official place in Singapore to watch Juventus um, and to support Juventus. A couple of Real Madrid fans turned up and then left very quickly from what I heard. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was, Cardiff I heard was nuts, um, especially with all the accommodation problems they had and how much they were charging people. It was ridiculous. And But I heard it was just not like the amount of Juve, uh, if you want to call it Juve FC or Juve Twitter or whatever you want to call it the amount of like big names that showed up there was was unbelievable like you said unfortunately it didn't go our way but you know you live for those experiences and and seeing different UV fans and I mean I couldn't imagine being in a city that isn't Torino with a bunch of fans singing cheering celebrating you know before the before the the whistle uh but yeah that just sounds incredible to me and I mean I hope I get to do it one time I did try and look to get on over there, but it was just like crazy. It was ridiculous. I think they would have had. To, we would have had to left the the day of and then leave like right after the final. It was really weird. Uh, the packages they were they were offering, but yeah. unfortunately didn't get to go. But uh, and unfortunately we didn't win that one. I kind of took a beating because there was about I want to say three people cheered for Real Madrid. One who was kind of sitting on the fence, and another one. Um, who just didn't really was just there to you know drink, um, but it was a it was a pretty tough final. I had the flag set up and everything, and yeah, that was that was a tough moment. But I got to give a credit to you, uh, Farah. Like you, as we were talking before, and we're probably uh, about the same distance apart um, from 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 Italy. But you travel like you're on it. Like you, I, I'm not sure how many games you've been to so far but you've been to a hell of a lot of games from what I've kept track obviously on on Facebook and yeah like you guys get out you from 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 being in a in a country that like you said it, it's not the biggest uh the following to say the least but yeah to get out to all those games is is incredible um cuz for me it's like I wish I could like I mean hey Maybe I win the lot. Maybe I won the lot. Maybe I win the lottery in a couple uh, in a couple weeks or a couple years. Then I'll be going all the time. But maybe I'll buy a place there. But for right now, it's like it's it's incredibly difficult to, to get out there. And like I said, you've been there lots. The Champions League games, the, the finals, stuff like that. So kudos to you. Um, what do you think was your most memorable? Do you think it was uh, that Cardiff final, or do you think? I know, like I said, you've been to a lot of games and different different storylines and stuff like that. But yeah. what do you think the the most memorable you know experience you've had? Obviously, like you said before, you went to the the you you went to Torino right before everything kind of shut down. So there's a there's a whole bunch of different ways you can go with this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. So, so here, here's the thing. I, I keep telling myself I need to make a list of every match that I've been to. Um, I can't even tell you how many times I've been. Like, I've, not, I've not kept track. Um, you know, I've, I've also done a couple of trips in the summer where there are no matches, but you know, it was right. just, I was in the area and it was nice to, be, uh, to just visit for a couple of days. Um, 
yeah, they're all different, you know. Um, I remember being, um, okay, so that match that, that you were at, right, um, Juve Sampdoria, 5-0, five, five um, and that was the first trophy day that I'd ever been to my entire life, and, and that was exciting. Um, were you part of the pitch invasion? I was too short to get over the glass panel. I was. I kind of chickened out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bullshit anyone. <laughs> I was. I had about another month in Italy, and I really didn't want to mess things up by getting arrested. And I. And I think. Yes, I did have a two. We were going on. Me and my buddy were going on a tour right after, yeah. and that was the first thing that came through my head. I'm like, he's gonna arrive tomorrow. Do I really want to? Do, I was like, I wanted to go so bad, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, do I really want to do this right? Do I really want to risk getting in shit for this right now? <laughs> Next time I go, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have like three months there. Who cares? But yeah, who knows if we'll ever be back in the stadium again? But that was unreal. I couldn't believe that even happened. And I think it was, um, was it J? Was it uh, Jacob? Jacob, he, he. Yeah. Made the first leap. And it's crazy getting those videos after because, <laughs> yeah, that, that, let, let's get into that because this, for the first time I went was like, it was almost heartbreak. And then it was, okay, we're going. And then it was like, holy shit, we're actually here. And then it was like, holy shit, look at all these Juve fans here. <laughs> and I don't know if, if you started going per se when, you know, the big, Obviously, Maurizio started his his massive following. Well, what is now a massive following? Um, but I don't know if that's kind of when you started going to matches or not. But that's kind of when it all kicked. Like even thinking of having a chance to go for me, um, but it it was crazy. Yeah, like going there and going in front of those. Um, what's the word to describe them in in English? Kind of like food trucks if you want to uh, for the average person Uh, i'm I'm thinking of the italian word but i'm not quite sure uh i guess food truck would probably be the best and you know cracking open a couple beers obviously talking to the guys i don't think they had i don't think they had done the lives yet the facebook lives yet i think that came a little bit after but um yeah it was definitely unreal seeing people from everywhere uh Obviously, meeting yourself, meeting Maria Georgios. Um, I can't remember his name, but someone from Estonia. Uh, obviously, Jakub from Chicago. Um, I believe he had his buddies there as well, or cousins. They came from Poland. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, so it was literally like uh, uh, the diaspora was like um, unbelievable. So then we go to that. We we have that kind of fun moment at the beginning after I kind of like remove the sweat of figuring out that I actually have tickets that are going to are going to be okay and being able to get into the stadium but yeah that was unbelievable um the one thing that stands out for me obviously the game was incredible and like you said seeing the moments I, I think it was Maurizio who posted it after someone got him on tape uh of Jakob just being the first one jumping up. or I don't know if someone was taking the footage of the actual game after and then like took a, a video of the TV. But yeah, that was, that was incredible. Um, and I wish I, I wish I had done it now, but you know, it was a surreal experience going there. Uh, that, that old trip was unbelievable. Uh, I hope to do that very soon, but 
Yeah. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, you know, my my last football match. Well, now my last football match to date. Um, Jakub convinced me to go to Madrid and watch El Clasico with him because Juve versus Merda got cancelled that weekend, right? Okay, <laughs> nice. Yeah, and, and so um, we ended up in in Madrid. We stayed at our friend Pablo's apartment. Uh, he was he was away that weekend, so we stayed in his apartment. Um, we didn't end up getting tickets together, uh, so we sat in different sectors. Uh, but yeah, it was it was crazy. It was a spur of the moment thing, and and it just happened. Um, and I'm glad I went. I mean, it was fun, you know. Uh, it was a rainy night, um, but yeah, that was that was the last time I saw Jakub in uh, the end of February then. <laughs> That's sick. How much were those? Because t- I have my one of my best friends, right? He's he's Polish too, so he he he's cheering for Bayern now. Let's say he's a Man U fan. He likes Lewandowski, the whole nine yards. Okay, we'll I'm gonna get him on, and he's gonna have to explain himself. But you know, they like to they like to start jumping teams too. But uh, I mean, Jakub's a Jakub's a Jakub's a pretty de- devout fan, but. Um, you know, awesome. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw a little bit of shade towards my my buddy here, but you know he's he wants to go to these games, right? Like obviously go to the Yellow Wall, go to like I said, Manu, so he wants to go to Old Trafford, go to El Clasico, um, stuff like that. So was it relatively easy to get tickets, or how did that all work out? I know, kind of a side note, not nothing about Juve, but um, it was a pain. Uh, so uh, there was a website, um. And it was it was like the official website to oh. buy tickets, so it wasn't a, a you know via Google or, or you know StubHub or anything like that. Thank God for that. Um, but uh, so you were basically waiting for a season ticket holder to release their ticket. Oh, okay. And the thing is, you would see these tickets being available, and then you try to buy it, and then sell. Yeah, like it, it doesn't it doesn't go through, or someone else is in the middle of the process, and then you lose it, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I ended up getting one pretty high up um, in the Real Madrid curva. That wasn't fun. Um, I did not vomit seeing Sergio Ramos, which was an achievement. Um, but but you know, all the cheering was like, oh my god. Um, but you know, other than that. The match was interesting, uh, and Jakub got great seats a, a little, uh, a lot further down, uh, so he was closer to the pitch. Um, but there was a lot of waiting and and reloading and reloading, and of course, all we had were our phones because we were traveling, right? Yeah, so a lot of reloading, a lot of hoping for the best. You enter your credit card details, and then you're like, oh god, go please, go. please work, please work. Yeah, and then and then it, even then, when you're there, you're like, I hope this ticket is real. I hope this ticket is real. It, it's, it's the Juve, right? It's the Juve trauma, right? Like, I hope. Honestly, like, I mean, I hope this new website. Me and Albert have been going off about it, but I hope they actually start having their. I hope they have their own platform. I really do because so many fans have probably gone through hoops and nightmares. Some being nightmares. Some. Uh, some being like really easy. I mean, some it works, some it doesn't. But honestly, I, I like I said, like I always say, I hope no one goes through the experience I had to go through. Just way too much like worrying, and and then they move the game to the Saturday, and oh, that whole debacle again, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous, ridiculous. But you know, thankfully it did work out, and I'm really happy I did get to go to the museum and. You know, the one thing that stands out, and I wanted to bring this up, and, 
you know, when you meet new people, guys, uh, obviously this is for the audience, make sure you listen to them, especially if they've been to Torino <laughs> multiple times. Um, because when you meet someone in the breakfast room of Luca's hotel, and I mean, if you know around Torino, around Jay, you know who Luca is. Um, but if, if you meet someone that you don't know, that's from obviously Singapore, and, and they tell you, you know, I got a ticket from the Juve store yesterday, and there's going to be players signing at the J store. You make sure and listen and go to the J store that day because when you don't, you don't get to meet five legends that show up. And you then you see the photos on your Facebook or or, or wherever, and you you start kicking yourself. So that was that was that was one of my the, my defining like memories of. I think it was. You Luke, okay, I remember now. I remember now how we met. <laughs> I remember it was Luca's mom was in the kitchen making coffees, and I think she brought out like cornetti or something, and. Literally, I'm like, we were talking obviously about Juve and, and the game because this this was the day after. Obviously, they didn't do any parade or anything like that, um, which was unfortunate. I think a lot of the guys went out to the club. I was in shorts, so I'm like, there's no way I'm going out to any nightclubs this night. Um, after just the whirlwind day that I had, I was like, I wish I just came in some jeans or something, but. And then it rained before the game too. It was really it was, it was a wacky day, but yeah. And then just the next morning, just sitting there, and she's like, and and Farah's like, yeah. So I got like this ticket. They're like telling everyone in the store, and I'm thinking in my head, come on, what are you talking? Maybe they're gonna take two, three people, whatever. They're not gonna sign for all of us. Me being my usual self and fig figures go figure you can check out the facebook post <laughs> she met and got signatures so guys wouldn't say i kept asking who who's going to come who's going to come and they wouldn't say they just wouldn't say and i'm like oh god they're gonna send paduin or someone you know and but that's okay because you know obviously i i was in um work mode and i thought if it was someone uh, okay i'm gonna just get go. something fine for the club and then you know, bring it back, and someone would appreciate it back home, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and then they started coming like in a row. So um, let's see, who was it? Caceres, Licksteiner, Kilini, Barzani, Buffon. Yeah. Um, I don't want was to say Marquisio there, but I'm not friends with him anymore. Um, and then Paduin, Marquisio wasn't there because he just had surgery. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that was the unfortunate part. I wish. I wish I could take that back and go earlier, but um, yeah, that was too bad. I think he got injured like right before then too, and yeah. I was like, "Shit!" But you know, you 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 got to take advantage of the times you do go. But guys, yeah, like I said, listen to people; they know <laughs> what they're talking about. Don't fuck it up like I did. You Definitely know, don't. <laughs> I did meet Marquisio at the Juve store by accident one time, though, um, because I had been in Greece, and this was during the summer, this was in July. I had been in Greece, um, and when I was planning that trip, I thought, okay, I'm just going to spend, you know, three, four days in Torino on the way back, right? Um, and so I did, and that day I landed, and my plane was a little bit delayed. I landed uh, at, a, say, about, I don't know, two o'clock or something, right? And then my phone exploded. The moment I had Wi-Fi, because I, I didn't even have internet until I got to the hotel, the moment I had Wi-Fi, my phone exploded, and everyone was saying, Marquisio signing his contract today, Marquisio signing, he was signing the Marquisio 2020 contract, right? And I thought, oh, God, I'm so tired, I've been traveling, so 
but never mind. Okay, I'm just gonna go. So I went to um, the, and this was the old Juve store, you know, when it was still inside the mall, right? right. Um, and so I went to uh, the Juve store and I thought, okay, since I'm here, I'm just gonna pick up a couple of jerseys. Um, and this, uh, one of the salespeople said to me, oh, if you buy Marquisio jersey, I will, I will give you a ticket and uh, he's coming at five o'clock. And I'm like, what, what? What? I said, yeah, buy Marquis your jersey. <laughs> no. Oh my God. <laughs> so That's I awesome. did, and there it was. And then I got that signed up and, and uh, gave it to the club as well. That was our first big lucky draw present as a club. We gave it away at the end of, of that season. And in fact, now it's sitting in Iskandar's uh, J Museum. Jay there you go. <laughs> there you go. So now I got to fly over to Singapore, steal the jersey. Yep. And bring it back to Canada. Security is <laughs> really tight, you know. It's there you go. There you go. Damn, I gotta figure. I gotta figure something out. But no, that's that's unbelievable. Um, and yeah, they do. It's funny how they do all these things. And yeah, like you said, I have actually haven't been to the new store, so that's something I'm looking forward to going to see. Uh, because yeah, I just remember the one that they have obviously in their little. Uh, it's like a mall. If you haven't been there, they have a whole bunch of different stores as well. A grocery store. Uh, and different things like that obviously the Juventus store and and yeah it's uh it looks a hell of a hell of a nice store I'm not gonna lie so I gotta get back there and definitely spend some more money that I already have spent so um the ton of money that I have spent already so definitely looking to go see that as well but yeah, I know it's funny uh, it's funny how they do all these different things and um yeah like I said don't miss out guys keep your eyes peeled <laughs> Check social media, check everything, talk to the staff, talk to everybody. Don't be shy, just do it. Talk to different fans because you get these little tidbits. Someone's got a connection, whatever it may be. And, you know, you're meeting Marquise, you're meeting Buffon, you're meeting Chiellini, uh, Barzagli. That would have been incredible. Um, but they even sold, like, what I noticed that trip, they, like, sold out. Um that like pinstripe jersey in the last game that they, um, I don't know if that I'm not going to be hundred percent on this, but I think that was the first year with Adidas that they wore the new jersey on the last day, um, and literally it was sold. Um, maybe not all the sizes, but at least my sizes they were done. Um, I had to wait actually till uh, I was back in Milano. Uh, with my family to go to that Juve store and then finally I picked it up which I was actually very disappointed because I'm like first day I go and meet all these fans on the first day I don't even head to the Juve store and then I go the next day to my Juve museum and the tour and done donezo like <laughs> I think they had like maybe a few smalls left that's about it and just completely ran that store bare. And like you said, it was the trophy presentation. So it was, uh, you know, it's one of those special uh, occasions that you don't get to see all the time. But yeah, no, it was it was definitely uh, a moment to to hold on to. So that was great. Um, let's kind of get into... Oh, go ahead. Parade. The next thing Sorry. you have to go to is a bus parade. Yeah, I know. That's something that I was dying for. I was praying... I was praying every night on that trip. I was I, I was in Switzerland with my school, uh, with my university, and I'm like, please, Agnelli, please just throw it this year. Who cares about the Coppa Italia being in like a week? Just throw the damn parade. <laughs> and unfortunately, they didn't. And I don't even know. I can't remember when the next year was, but 
uh, it was almost like a streak. Was yeah. it? 20, yeah, it was like a streak of years where we never did. Obviously, we were in finals and, and, and the like, so it was difficult. Uh, though for those years I could understand, but uh, yeah, 2019, and I, I remember watching it on. Uh, I believe they had it on Juve's website uh, that year because BN or it was either BN or the Zone wasn't showing it because you know typical typical broadcasters don't like to show you extra than than from what you paid for, I guess. But yeah. at least they did the Scudetto presentation this year, which was which was nice, but. Yeah, Come on, the zone, pick it up. Yeah, it's not the same. This yeah, year. exactly. Yeah, exactly. But um, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I think um, they did it in 2018 uh, because that was the year Netflix was shooting that special. Oh yeah. Right. That's right. Um, and then the whole Buffon, you know, farewell thing. So it was, it was big. It was a big year. It was good. It was. Yes, yes, yes. It was. Um, Speaking of big years, obviously, let's look to this season being the ninth straight Scudetto. Um, kind of give it, you know, what do you think of the past season? And kind of give us your thoughts of that and then what this Scudetto really means to you. This past season was long. Um, li- literally and figuratively, you know. Um, I I think, okay, so so to me... I'm always the old lady nagging at everyone, right? Um, but to me, I think this this Scudetto should serve as a reminder to all of us that the Scudetto is not easy to win. It's not a given, even when other people mess up and give it. <laughs> true, you know? true. Um, and and I, I, get, I get very offended, you know, when, when people go, I'm not going to celebrate this Scudetto. It's, it doesn't mean anything. Or, you know, this Juve is not Juve. I, I get it. I, I understand the, the frustration. And, and the Juve that we saw this year, I mean, we talked about lack of spirit. I mean, the, the name of your podcast is Juventinita, you know, and, and we were missing that. Yeah. Um, but uh, But I think, you know, I'm so traumatized by the dark years that if if the Coppa Italia is the only trophy we'll win one year, I would still celebrate it. Yeah. You know, um, and I I was just and this didn't this didn't hit me uh, until after we got eliminated by Leon, and uh, I was talking to my husband, um, and he doesn't make fun of me in the Champions League anymore because now he has a 100% record of losing finals, and I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I said to him that if I had known in 1996 that it would be the last time, and of course I was being emotional and overly dramatic, but I said if I had known that it would be the last time, I would have celebrated so much harder. Um, and, and I think that that's one of that's the thing that I'm going to bring into, you know, the rest of our very stressful lives as, as Juventus fans, right? Um, you don't want to not celebrate one and then later find that that was the last time in your life. And I don't want to be that person with my dying breath going, I should have celebrated harder that last Scudetto, that last Coppa Italia, that last Super good point. even, you know? Well, you just don't know, right? You don't know uh, what 
Inter pulls out of their bag and and like somehow comes up with another scandal that that sends us down to Serie B or some something stupid like that. So, I mean, and again, at the end of the day, teams are getting better, like you said. So we don't necessarily know what's going to happen next year. I mean, I would love for us to get that tenth. That would be unbelievable. Um, almost something in a dream that you'd think could never happen. And. Like you said, it's 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 come with a lot of help. Obviously, some teams choking, and you know, obviously some teams slipping up. But you know, you can't take that away. Ten, uh, I think if we get to ten, uh, I'm good. If we get to ten, then I just want all in on Champions League. I don't care if I win another Scudetto. I want Champions League. I would love to win the Scudetto. I love to win both. I love to win the Tripleta. But get to ten. You know, bring in some build us, build this team up real nicely. Uh, get fix all the problems that we, that we can see, um, and just go hard for the Champions League. I will give up one year, even if it's the ele- even if it's that eleventh year. Just go all in for the Champions League because once you win one, that minds ever all of those years of losing don't mean shit anymore. Okay, so we can get on the right path and you know build something. I think UV's got to build something proper. I think, you know, after we got rid of the, that magical midfield that we had with uh, MVP squared, uh, we really haven't done anything, uh, you know, to come close to that anymore. Uh, and I think that's where we need to head. Uh, obviously, Artur is going to be uh, an interesting addition. But, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I think you got to call the season a success because... Uh, it's kind of status quo. Um, nothing. It isn't worse than any of the past. Well, if you want to call Copa a doppietta, doppietta, sure, that's fine. But last year, I mean, Allegri did kind of the same thing. Uh, with okay, he added the Super Copa instead, uh, or as well. But you know, if you want to count that as 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 a real trophy, you can if you want. That's up to you. Um, but talking about Saturday, now, I kind of had the ambition of, you know, okay, he's the new manager. I was I was shocked that we picked him, to be honest. Um, I didn't know what we were going to get. I was hoping for, you know, Saturday ball, if you want to call it that, more attacking football. That's kind of, in general, what I saw. Not necessarily this type of football that, he was named as, but I wanted to see more attacking football. I think at points we got that. Um, there was a points where I definitely saw it, but in terms of a whole season, the whole body work, should he have been fired? I think you could say yes. And I mean, there's reasons for yes and there's reasons for no. To me, the biggest for, for yes is no real cohesion with the team it seemed to me uh it just seemed like you know you look at how players were making runs and stuff like that it didn't seem like they were really gelling um you see some of the different obviously the post when he left really was only i think bonucci and 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 dibala really saying anything of a goodbye uh, you look on the pitch kind of he was sadly seemed disjointed away from the players for the most part and really uh as much as you want a coach to get his own players, 
Um, he kind of stepped into a role accepting the fact that there wasn't going to be many reinforcements. And you could say he sure deserved his midfield, but I, I think for me, there wasn't really progress made. Uh, not saying that it wasn't successful and that we hadn't. I, I mean, I think there's a few games where we we could say that definitely you saw something that, that you would like to see. Uh, the defense was definitely taking a hit this year. But, uh, yeah, no, for me, it's whether where you want to gamble giving him his players or, or adding some players that are more to his style and seeing what happens in a year. If it goes well, then, hey, you're right. If it goes wrong, okay, now you got to still clear house a little bit. Or you bring in someone new, maybe a Pochettino or, or someone else, and you kind of rebuild or you kind of damage control, so, so to speak, and maybe don't go as far as everyone wanted. You know, everyone was screaming for attacking football, let's be honest. And I don't know if everyone really wanted attacking football because your defense is always going to take a hit, always. You're always, you're going to have more players up, up the field that, than you want and you're not going to get the coverage that you need and you're going to leak goals at times. And, and the goal is for you to outscore your opponents, essentially, of, of how I see it. Um, but... What did you think, uh, Farah, about the the firing after one season? Justified or not, um, I, th- I think people have good answers for both. Um, is Pirlo really a- an upgrade? Uh, would you have one or the other? We'll get into that into the next season. Uh, but what did you think about Sadi, maybe his tactics, and, and, and what he really did for us? And should he have been fired, essentially? Before I answer that, I have someone at the door, so... Give me a second. Oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> I can cut this out, so we're good. something so <laughs> they're probably like stop talking who are you talking to on the, on the thing? I know, right yeah that's funny that's dog, funny i open the gate and my dog's like running towards the gate and i'm like just put it down i've got a table there that just put something down yeah <laughs> that's funny All but right. anyways back into it yeah so just continue on what you think about uh you know should he have been fired and whatnot and go like, ahead like you said you know um there are there are reasons for yes there are reasons for no right um i on a on a personal note i i kind of feel sorry for him um you know i think um yeah sure he he knew what he was walking into um but he wasn't given the best of circumstances to succeed um and in the scheme of things he didn't fail um for whatever, however we won the Scudetto, you know, yes, other people messed up, but we could have also messed up to a point that we didn't win it. Um, but we didn't, right? We, we still won it. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the Champions League is an objective. It, the Scudetto is not the only objective. Um, so I will 
you know, I will unequivocally disagree on that. The Scudetto is not the only objective. Right. Um, and of course, in that respect, he, he failed. Um, but, you know, okay, so I told you I used to work in advertising, right? And sometimes, uh, you know, we would have people who were so terrible in their jobs, but they got the job for whatever reason, friends with somebody, right. blah, 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 right? And they were so terrible at their jobs that when they left, we would celebrate. We would throw a party without that person to celebrate that person leaving. Advertising is a cruel business, I tell you. Um, <laughs> but then the next person comes and is somehow worse. And, yeah. and I think, you know, that's how it was with Allegri and Sari, right? Because if you see the same people who wanted Allegri out, wanted Sari no. out. Yeah. You know? Um, but if Pep Guardiola had come, if Pochettino, who's not won anything, by the way, um, had come, would they win the Champions League with this team? I, I don't know. And of course, we'll never know. But, but would, they, would they win the Champions League with this team if Zidane had come? Would he win the Champions League with this team? You know? Um, so now, now here we are with, with Pirlo, right? I think to begin with, Sari, so just like Allegri, right? Started off on the wrong foot because nobody liked them as people, you right. know? Um, and, and Allegri won us over because of the Champions Leagues. Well, the Champions Finals. League, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, Sari, Allegri learned to wear a suit properly. That helped. Sari was a little bit sloppy, a little bit crass in press conferences, never knew how to say the right thing. You know, he, he was un-Juve in so many ways, but he was also un-Juve in the sense that he was meant to bring attacking football. Right. Um, and it, um, so where, when I say it's unfair to him, I think it's unfair that we wanted that from him, but we didn't want the sloppy sweatpants, you know, digging his nose in front of the camera, kind of. Yes. <laughs> You, you get the full package, right? So, yep. so, so I, will let, I, will let, I will let that rest, right? So, so I think here we are now. He's, he's been fired. He, he, you know, achieved one objective, failed the other objective that many other managers before him have also failed. Okay. Pirlo. I am terrified. I am terrified for us and I am terrified for him. Um... I love Pirlo. I, you know, I, I love, I love Pirlo. I, I was fortunate. You know, um, it was in 2018. After the, the day, no, two days after the bus parade. Was the bus parade on a Saturday? So that Monday, um, I, my friend Andar, you know, my friend Andar from Indonesia I was telling you about. So he, his wife and I, we went to uh, watch uh, Pirlo's retirement match. Oh, shit. There Let's you go. Throw at, at, uh, at the San Siro, you know? Um... And, you know, I, I love Perlo. I, I want him to succeed. He is, he is such an amazing player. But he does not have one day of experience. Apart from, ha from having the qualification, he has the same experience as you and me. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, he doesn't even have the qualification because he's still, uh, yeah. he's still, he still has to get his uh, exam. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, he won't fail. You know, he's smart and all of that. Oh, yeah. But... but um, yeah, and and so so I'm worried about us, obviously, you know, because the, the team, the team is everything, right? The team is first. 
But I'm also terrified for this, this amazing magician of a player. They don't make them like him anymore, you know, and he has this legacy, right? I mean, you look at, at the, the legends on the pitch at his farewell match. That is his career, how, how yep. storied and how grand is, it is, right? And if he fails, if he fails, what will that do to him? And his career will be over before it even begins. Um, well, the window is so small, right? Like, yeah. I think, to me, that's what I was worried. That's the first thing I said on Twitter. I'm like, Juve is setting, Juve management is setting up a hell of a season because this is just, it could really turn into really quickly Juve fans versus the Tifosi versus the coach real quick yeah. um, because... I mean, what is it today? We're on we're August fifteenth right now, four days until we're a month ago, and yeah, it's gonna come quick and fast. And you don't know necessarily. I mean, there's this big overhaul apparently going on with players going out. Does that necessarily mean we're getting players? I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't trust it. Yeah, I um, I think the club is gonna give us. What we have as of as of we like well how we speak right now of, of who's in and who's out. I mean, I think there's going to be room for more players to go out, but to say player, there's going to be a lot of players coming in. I don't know. Um, there's talk about using youth players, which would be extremely on Juve. Um, so it's it's interesting. I mean, Albert on the last podcast, hot take or not, however you think, he said. If the if Juve doesn't bring in anyone else, like, I mean, for me, I think we need another solid midfielder. We need another uh, like some fullback depth, and maybe like a backup number nine. And I think that would be if we could do that. I would be like, okay, I have I have faith in this team. Maybe it doesn't go on and win, but at least they did their job in seeing what we've been lacking and making a move in, in that direction. Albert is saying, hey, if we don't do any of that, I have zero expectations. I think we're going to win zero trophies. And that's just how he feels. And, I mean, I got to agree with him. Like, if we get the same team, barring adding Kulusevsky and Artur, maybe dropping off some of the players like Kadira, hopefully I'm praying to God that that he's gone uh, (laughs) finally. I mean, even just not seeing him. Just for my psychology, even just not seeing his name in the roster, I'll feel better every game um, or knowing that he's on the team. But, you know, hopefully we can can get some things done. Now, COVID is COVID, right? There's no revenue coming in from seats. Um, Someone pulled a number out of their ass, 80 million out of Champions League. I don't know how we got that, if that was true or not. Um, But... I will wait and see. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing their financials. That's a video that I can't wait to put out. But, uh, yeah, I really can't wait to see that. But I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Uh, I don't know how we expect to play. We're talking, there's been some early talks, maybe 4-3-3. Obviously, he said the famous interview, if you're on social media. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. Um who do you think we should bring in? Do you have any players in mind that you're like, you know what, we gotta we gotta bring these in, even gen- just in generally? Like I know uh, Pogba's been talked about a lot. Uh, I don't know if that'll happen. 
but lots of Milik, Raul Jimenez, Partey from Atletico Madrid. There's been so many names, Zaniolo, Tunali, uh, you name it. Uh, if, if there's a player that's, that's had a good season or is a midfielder, fullback, or number nine, he's probably been linked with Juve so far. Yeah, um, you know, for, for a long time, um, I've been keen on Milinkovic Savic. Um, and, you know, that is, it's one of those things that um, we're always linked to him. It's never going to happen, <laughs> you know. Um, Los Zito's too hard. Yeah, um, and, and Zaniolo is interesting. And, and Zaniolo would have, to me, I think, would have been possible um, if Palata hasn't sold <laughs> Roma. Yeah. Um, true enough. True enough. Yeah, because when I, I read uh, the headline about the sale, I'm like, that, that was all I could think about. That, that's it. Not happening, right? Um, he would have been a good addition, though. I, I thought. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Pogba. I I wonder. Okay, so so there are players like Pogba, like um, Morata, right? I wonder if we remember them more romantically than. Uh, Tactically, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we we, we love them. That's a good point. That's you know, point. their personalities, and they they love you. They, you know, when when they were here, they were very passionate um, with the fans and all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know because Pogba did well with um, you know Vidal and Rello, you know, right. um, and then we saw like when he went to Man U for you know hundred million whatever um i remember going to work that day because i still worked at aeon going to work that day and going to the sponsorship team and going thanks for the money folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because he, he wasn't he just wasn't going to be the same player and i know he's you know he's had good moments you know he's got ups and downs but he wasn't the same player because no He's a player who, who needs support. It's just like, uh, try not to say his name, but I have to say his name without being rude about it. Bonucci. Snake. <laughs> you can call him Snake, don't worry. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, okay, look look at him, right? He was only anybody with Chiellini and Barzani when they yeah. were good and solid and strong and not broken. Beside him, he was a nobody otherwise. He's a nobody now. I mean, yeah. he needs... 20-year-old kid to make him look good. Yeah, I so, agree. I mean, you know, and so that's why I, I don't know. I like the idea of Pogba, but I don't know if, if I like the idea of Pogba more than the reality of Pogba if he does come. Yeah, and I mean, depending on if he signs a new contract, we could sweep him up for free again, and I'm really hoping that happens. That would be because... My buddy Jesse will probably, his head will explode uh, if that happens. And I just really want to see that happen so bad, just for the just for the chaos on, on, on football Twitter. Um, to hap- for that to happen twice, um, that would be unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That's what we call, yeah, that would be just, honestly, I couldn't even, I can't even imagine the scenes on Twitter if that happens. Um, <laughs> literally, the world might explode. And that'll be it if that happens. But yeah, unbelievable. I think the money-wise, um, I've said it a couple times on Twitter. I don't think Man U is willing to lower, and I don't think we're willing to go up. Um, for me, he's really only worth. I give him about forty to seventy million. 
approximately, depending on what you do with a player, depending on what players you want to put in. I mean, when you have one year left on your deal, you're bargaining really well it significantly drops i mean again we can talk to him technically in january yep um so really we're what like not even six months uh less than six months away practically three and a half months so you're you're looking at a situation where I mean, if if they want to take anything, or I mean, maybe they sign him. I don't know. That's a possibility. Maybe they give him a new contract. But um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. He announced big announcement on on Twitter uh, recently, and it was just some some gaming team he joined or something. It was really, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny that some people actually thought that that maybe was actually something. But um, yeah, no, it, it's been interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole debate? One last thing before we kind of actually a couple things. Obviously, how to have how have you thought management is done? And you know, what have you thought about this whole Ronaldo Dybala? I know it's BS rumors that Gazette and Tuto Sports are putting out, but what have you thought on the whole situation? Like, if you had to build a team now, and I think this it's a, it's a pretty valid question. You know, if if let's say Juve's financials aren't in a in a bind, or they are in a bind, and we had to move one to the other uh, at this present moment, right? Thirty-five year old Ronaldo, I think it's twenty-six year old DiBala. Um, what do you do? What are your thoughts? <laughs> you know, I'm full of unpopular opinions. You're gonna get down votes for your video. Um... <laughs> I, I just fought. I just fought through all of uh, CR7's <laughs> fan club on Twitter. I'm still here, baby. I'm still here. So don't even worry about it. We're good. Fucking, fucking tell anybody, anyone, anyone, tell anyone off. We're good to go um, with, with with CR7 fans. I took them down. I won the war. They won the battle of them clicking the like button, but we're good to go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, just continue on. What do you think about the Ronaldo Dybala situation? And then... Um, what else did I say? The management, UV management. Um, yeah, so you were asking, uh, what would I do if I had to sell one, one of, one of exactly. them? Right? Okay. If you had to build your team, who are you building around one or the other? <laughs> now you can, fact, you can factor winning, you can factor, um, you know, win it now, maybe build around the team for maybe a couple of years down the line, not necessarily get into that champion, like have a team that, you think is good enough to win the Champions League right away or, um, you know, because again, financials are such a big thing and it, it is a tough question because you don't know what Juve is, uh, is willing to, to put in. Right. Again, it's all hypothetical. So yeah. give us your thoughts. So we talked earlier about, okay, maybe, maybe this is the year that, that, we don't win anything and, and we'll have to live with it. Having said that, Pirlo's appointment came, what, the day after or two days after? Andrea Agnelli said, Champions League is our objective. Um, and, you know, and, and we know he's a consistent man. He's not, he's not someone who, you know, flips from one side of the fence to the other, you know, over two days, right? 
Um, and as as daunting as that task may be for someone like Perlo, I I I think that winning is still an expectation. Right, right. Um, and now, I'm not a fan of Dybala. Okay, there we go. Um, I'll take. <laughs> <laughs> the Dybala nation is going to be coming in full oh, force. That's it. Yep. Um, now, and the reason I say that is because I don't think that he is the sort of player who will stay forever. Okay. I don't think that he is the sort of player who will put the interest of the team ahead of his own. Okay. And I know we're probably, you know, in a time of football where you don't get players like that anymore. Maybe that's too much to expect. I don't know. Um, and I carry a lot of baggage when people compare him to Del Piero. I, I, get, I get so offended. Um, Del, you know, like, don't, don't, don't talk don't compare someone who wants 15 million euro a season in a time when we didn't make money to someone who took a pay cut, stayed with us in Serie B after winning a World Cup. You know, like, don't, you know. Um, True. I get that he's had, he's had a great season. Now, okay, so when I say I don't like Dybala, people, just like when I say, um, you know, the the... Jersey, you know, I don't like the half and half jersey. People equate that with me saying the jersey is ugly. Not the same thing, right? So I don't like Dybala, but I've never denied that he's talented. He's talented. Right. And he's had an exceptional season, you know? Um, he was, um, what, Serie A? Uh, MVP. Yeah, 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 MVP. Um, and that's great. But before that, he was invisible for 18 months. Um, true, true. And, I mean, and, under different circumstances, but true. Yep. And, and I do know that, you know, some, some coaches, you know, can help some players flourish more than others. And I get that. And the season worked for Dybala. Um, but if we are going to build a team around him, then we need to know that he's going to be here for the next 10 years. Um, and I'm not sure that he is. I'm not sure that if an opportunity did arise and the mess around his image rights that belong to someone else can get sorted out, He's not going to go. So at this stage, I, I think we're at a point of transition, right? I mean, if, if, right. uh, if uh, uh, appointing Perlo as coach doesn't indicate that, then I don't know what does. We're at a point of transition. Perlo is a fill-in coach for two years while we hopefully raise the money for some big shot to, who's going to do great things. I, I don't know. I don't know, right? But if, if I read yeah, it's it's, um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what they did with the contract, but anyways, take it away. It's confusing yeah. that two years though. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's almost as if they, um, they don't have confidence in him, um, but but you know, he's he's what they've got, and and they're making the best of it. And maybe maybe that is, I don't know. Um, um, only because. I think at this stage in transition, we need more reliability. Okay. So we know can turn it on when it matters and not vanish when it matters. Um, we know that he won't get injured. The man's made of metal, right? 
Well, I don't know about that, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. But he's gonna break a leg, you know, on the beach or something. <laughs> hey, he's had his injuries. I've yeah. I've kept track. I've kept yeah. track of the injuries he's had. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll take your word for it. Um, you know, I I'm not I'm not um yeah I don't I don't keep track of these things. But um. Oh, just because I've had a hate on for the guy for a really long time, so I just really know what. Like I, like I said, I, I, I know what gets rid of all the fans mad. And I mean, every, I mean, take what I say about it. If, if I'm speaking with a general, like, this is what I love. And I, I hope people get this the right way. I, I hope people listen to this podcast in its entirety because, you know, I really like to piss off Ronaldo fans. Like, <laughs> really get a kick out of it. Um, and I will say whatever. I don't care if it's a lie. I don't care if it's complete BS. I will say whatever it takes to know that they are fuming or in tears on the other end of it. Because to me, (laughs) even to the extent of Del Piero, you know, to give up. Now, I'll support Del Piero. If he wants to go to Sydney FC, I'll support that. But I'm not saying I'm not cheering for Juventus ever again because Del Piero's gone. That's ridiculous. To me, if you cheer for a player, a single player, and you live and you die by it, don't, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good fans. There's a lot of fans out there that are intelligent. They know what they're talking about. And they can have a good conversation, and I respect that. But when you die on that hill that is Cristiano Ronaldo with anything and anything... I have no time to bust your chops and I will say anything. I've wished the guy injury. And some people thought I was saying that as like legit as if I would want a guy that we're employing at 31 million to like tear an ACL. Guys, I'm fucking with all of you. Like <laughs> you guys might have won those little like 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 tapping each other's comments and oh, we got all all of our support and our likes. I won the war. I'm still here. I was still I was getting follows even after you guys tried to take me down, tried to post all this slanderous shit online and all this stupid crap. I'm still here, baby. I'm still here. You're not taking me down. As long as Juve Juve is infinite, players are finite. Juve Juve is infinite, so you can go cry when Ronaldo's career is done and figure out what you have to do to make yourself happy again. But we're still going to be here. We're still going to be cheering for black and white stripes. We're going to be cheering for Juventus, and that's it. That's the, that's gets gets game. But no, I mean, living example of that, right? Start with Baggio. Oh, exactly. I mean, like I can understand building a run. Like if 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 Juve showed me that they were willing to go all in and actually spend. There's actually even a possibility where I say that Renault, that Dybala could go. Now, personally, when I think about it as a team, we have two years left with Ronaldo. In my head, I think we only got one year left with Ronaldo. From what's gone on now, I think there's, a, there's about one year where he might say, if like next year doesn't go well, he's going to say, you know what, I'm going to pick it up and go wherever, PSG, Manu, wherever it is, maybe MLS, China, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking we only got one year left. So, okay, now that reduces the timeline from one year or from two years to one year. Okay. Now, if we, let's say, get rid of Dybala, 
again, purely hypothetical. Not saying both have to go. Not saying one has to go. Just saying purely hypothetical because it's been talked about in the media. Now, if it's complete bullshit, hey, it could be complete bullshit. But when you hear stuff like Ronaldo is saying, I'm here or Sadi's here, you can see his influence on the team, whether we like it or not. Now, looking at that one-year timeline, like I said, if Dybala is, let's say he's 26, I'm going to assume. I think he's 20. He's around that age, 26 or 27. So he's kind of in his prime. Now, if you're going to throw a prime piece and then Ronaldo's going to leave anyway, then we're really screwed. Then we really have no bargaining chip at the end of the day. Because even if you keep Dybala, he's still going to hold that value. Like, they're talking $100 million right now. Maybe that's a player plus cash, whatever. I mean, I wouldn't go that low. I mean, if he's not bringing in... 150 to 200 million easy i don't i don't make that deal at all but um for me it's too much to give up a a player that i think really in my personal opinion this year was the only guy that would step on the field and say okay we have a chance to win this game when i saw him go on the field and when i see him saw him interact and make plays and and you know sacrifice you know there's a video that i posted i did like a tribute to dibala on my twitter and there's a video about De- there's a del piero tribute and i know you don't like to compare it i agree it's it's totally unfair because one a guy who's won everything um and has done pretty much everything for the club to someone who really has only been here for a handful of years so it's completely different i mean hey we went a Champions League. Okay, now we're in a different discussion. We went two Champions League. Hey, okay. Now we're in a different discussion. Maybe Messi leaves. Argentina actually wins an international trophy. Okay, now we're now we're talking, right? But you know, it's still a little early. But I think when I hear the words of Ranieri and after that game against um, Real Madrid with Del Piero, the performance he did. And I hear kind of the few things he's saying. Now go check that out. I've, it's obviously on my on my on my Twitter. And I, I give you the link and even the time of when when he says it. But you know, I think of that, and then I will think about how DiBala played, and I see exactly like mirrored. And I think if we take DiBala, it showed. Obviously, Ronaldo's brilliance in that last game against Leon kind of made a difference. But oh, it made a huge difference. I'm not gonna say it made a small difference. It was the it was the difference, um, and see, like I can actually appreciate that. Um, but when we don't have them, it's such a different level, such a different level. And I don't want to say I can guarantee because I can't. But if we had DiBala at hundred percent in that game, there's no question in my mind that we win that game easy, easy, easy peasy. And I'll go out. I'll go out on a limb and say that, even though I went out on a limb on Twitter and said Atletico Madrid was going to win the the Champions League right before they lost to Leipzig. So <laughs> I don't know if you want to take my opinion too heavily or not. That's up to you guys to decide. And if you're listening to these podcasts, I think maybe you do think my opinion means something. I mean, I'm not trying to say, uh, you know, I'm a genius over here, but hey, I know a little bit about football, but. Um, yeah, that's that's just my take. I mean, I agree. I think Ronaldo's done a lot, but I think at 35 30 to 37, 
it's a tough ask in my opinion. But um, let's see what happens. I, I, I honestly, I don't think they're gonna go. I don't think they're gonna go. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't think either of them are going to go, to be honest. But to me, the thing, the thing about selling Dybala, if and when we do, um, is that we need that money. Well, that's true too. There is, there is nobody, and and that that's where that's where I'm coming from. When you know, I, I've been saying since a year ago, sell Dybala, um, because you know what, we we don't see the impact um, this year. We may not even see the impact next year, but. The year after, the year after, we're going to struggle to buy a deal for 75 million because we didn't cash in on Dybala when we could for 150 million or whatever whatever that value is. Um, Because if you look at the players, and and the thing is, I don't want for us to be forced to sell a delete. um, That's true. true. Because we wanted to protect. Dybala. So, so to me, I'm, I'm thinking of it more from that perspective. And okay, so you know, it's I, a good point. Oh, I agree. It's a good point. I love defenders. I love, you know, I'm, I'm a defense. I was a goalkeeper when I was young. Um, but you know, I'm a def- I'm a defense person. Um, and and to me, defenders. Well, he's 20 now. This boy, this young boy who wants to build a career at our club. Um. And you know, I mean, to me, he could be a he could be a captain one day, um, right. and Agreed. that pairing with Demiral, you know, over several years could could really be the new, well, the only two of them, but you know, the new the new BBC equivalent, right. <laughs> the new defensive pairing. Um, uh, and so I'm I'm thinking more from from that perspective uh, because if you look at everybody else, we are terminating contracts like yeah. like you know, like it costs nothing. Um, and we're being forced to cut salary cost because we can't make money back from players. Um, and we're not going to make money back from Ronaldo, even if he leaves before his contract ends. We're not, we're not going to make a hundred million back and all that money that we've paid him in salary. Um, no. And, you know, forget people that, you know, he go in, that's 90 million that we've paid and we're not going to get a cent back um, apart from cutting out his salary. Um and you know we just we we ter- we terminated the contract of, of Manzukic earlier in the year, yeah. uh, Matuidi now, um, and well you know we're going to speak for another two hours if we carry on like this. But oh, yeah. um, well. you know Paratici cannot sell, and and that's a whole other matter altogether. <laughs> Sing um, it to the choir. Sing it to the choir. But, you know, and and so you know I think I think that if we do, I okay honestly I I. Say, in the long run, yeah, maybe not on the pitch. Maybe I mean, you know, and and I know that that's a bit of a counter argument, um, but you know, I would rather suffer on the pitch than be in such ridiculous debt that we we could suffer even more. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that, that that's just the thing, and it, it's really tough to say because, like. You don't know, like that's why I want these financials, and I'm not going to get them till like October or November, and it's really like pissing me off because I'm like, I want to know what you're hiding from us because Mm -hmm. there's something like everybody's going on about these transfers, and I just don't see things happening. Like, oh, let's get rid of this guy. Let's get rid. I, I just, I really don't see us having the number that we need, even though we we reported. About 160 million plus, uh, 
not a plus. Well, I guess you could call it a plus Valenza, but 160 million in the positive, um, just off of the the those moves we made right in the end of uh, right in June there, um, and then obviously the Pjanic deal. Yeah. But you know, you, you look at Iguain. I mean, really, what's amortized on the books is only about 18 million. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's left of what that 90 million is, right? So. It's not horrible. I mean, I don't think you're getting twenty million back at all, anyways. So you're gonna you're gonna have to cut your losses on that. Ronaldo's at about fifty seven point nine million left. I mean, I don't know. Like, give me, give, I'll give you this. What if uh, PSG wants him for Mbappe? Will you do a swap for Mbappe? Would you not take that? Yes. Oh, I take okay, it. Don't take any swap for Mbappe. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. I think. Actually, uh, I would not take any swap. I will not give like a delete and Demiral for Mbappe, but. But, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd give Demerol. <laughs> oh, I'll give Demerol. If he's... Well, if, I like Mbappe, if we get Mbappe for Demerol, go ahead. I'll give him, Dem- I'll give him Demerol, Bernardeschi, Kadira, Rabio. or... No, no, we'll keep Rabio. We'll give him... Uh, who do we got left here? I'll, yeah, give, him half, I'll give him half the squad for... <laughs> if they're willing to pay for their salary, I'll give him half the squad. Take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, Costa. We'll give him Costa too. We'll give him everybody. Who else? Danilo. Throw Danilo in there too. Oh God, Dan- Danilo pisses me off so much. I, I just, I cannot even look at his face. You know. I still can't believe we decided to play Cuadrado for a full season at right back. It's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. But you know what? I think it's time to, uh, you know, wrap this one up. It's been an awesome first fan focus. Um, Thank you for coming on. For uh, I appreciate it. I mean, I'm really hoping I can get Maria on and and Giorgio's on. It would kind of be like the trident yeah. of like first uh, friends uh, that I, that I've met from from Juve, and then hopefully I can get like I said the kingpin, the yeah. big boss, um, Maurizio to come on here. Uh, we'll work something out. And I really just want to talk about the curva and the tifosi, and see kind of what's going on and what the update is. Obviously, get his opinion. On what's going on with the club? Um, I've kind of had some harsh things to say about Agnelli. Um, I think, in, in terms of what he's done as a, as a whole, that's fine to give him the praise. But I think there's a lot of questionable things that we have to look at. And I think as a club, you know, you look at Paratici, like you said, not being able to sell players. That's a massive, massive issue. And uh, for him not to be the fall guy. That's kind of what the disappointing thing with Sadi was for me, was yeah. him being the scapegoat for a lot of mismanagement and a lot of bad decisions. And that's kind of how I'll wrap that chapter up for, for that. But, you know, again, uh, let's hope for the best. I'm going to give Pirlo 100% support, just like I did Sadi. Um, and, you know, let's see where it goes. I mean, the uh, we're, we have such low expectations. I mean, for a lot of us, um, the only way is up, yeah. as they say. So let's see what happens. I mean, who knows? Maybe we can get something magical going and and something working, and it, it all works out. But let's see. Let's we we gotta wait till the ball's kicked before we can uh, really get in there. But you know, transfer season is transfer season. I hate it. That's why I go on holidays in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stand all this nonsense. It's getting in my head. Um, but yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's it, it's Sunday there. It just we just passed 
We just got into the Sunday about 15 minutes ago. So, so there you go. We're in the uh, finally. <laughs> exactly. Now we're now we're now we're on the same page. But uh, yeah, no, awesome. Thank you for your stories. I mean, I didn't even have to do the last segment. You had so much insight of of, of going to uh, you know different games as well as you know the fan club in Singapore and guys definitely check that out. Um, if 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 you're in the area and you and you you haven't heard about it, you know, join a club, join, meet other fans. I mean, there's there's so many other great people out there that that cheer for the same club. It's just a matter of you know, you know, meeting up and you know talking. I mean, I'm just 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 the list of of of, of groups that I have with whether it be on WhatsApp, Discord. I'm not really on, but you know the different Twitter. Uh, uh, Twitter group kind of DMs that we have going is awesome. So you got guys from wherever, US, Europe, Africa, Kuwait, uh, Middle East, excuse me, um, Asia. But it's uh, it's always fun. And then you got the, the, the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram world. So it's it's a bunch of fun. But again, thank you for coming on. I'll definitely definitely have you be back on. And um, yeah, we're going to hook some stuff up with... Uh, with some other fellow members and in, uh, in in Singapore, uh, whether that be during the season or before the season, um, I want to reach out. Like I said, I want to diversify to, you know, get an audience, um, not just on this side of the world, uh, but across the whole world. And I, th- I think you guys, uh, I think everybody's more than welcome to come on. Um, I think a lot of fans that aren't necessarily with the Italian heritage. Uh, very underrated in terms of what they bring to this club. Um, and I appreciate what you guys do for us. Um, the support, the different murals, tattoos, and uh, all that kind of stuff. It, it's awesome to see. So I, I really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for, uh, for for coming on. For having me. It was so good to talk to you again. It's been way too long. Yeah, it's been way too long, way too long. And I hope to get there, get out there soon. You know, whenever they, whenever, well, I, I know there's going to be flights at some point, but uh, I know the U.S. is kind of in a little bit of a, a jam. But uh, in terms of flying to Italy, I think it's not too big of a deal as of yet. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if there's uh, fans in the stadium again next season. And uh, hopefully to catch myself and, and maybe yourself there. Again, guys, reach out around Turin. Join the community. I mean... Just to see a bunch of fans, even if you don't want to, let's say, hang out if you're only there for a couple days or you want to see some specific things and your schedule's kind of, you know, packed, at least go before the game and maybe even after to celebrate a victory. We had a uh, a victory dinner at, uh, I believe it was Baladin uh, restaurant where they have the, uh, uh, if you want to call it... Um, a big table upstairs where all of us were kind of, you know, chilling and eating and, and, and they have their own kind of, uh, beer. That's pretty well known, um, around Italy. It's kind of like a craft beer. So definitely check that out. Um, and there's different places. They got the pizza. They got the, I think it's what the, what bar is that at? Um, where they do the giant pizza. Do you remember? Yeah, no, I can't remember the name of that place, but but yeah. But anyways, they have lots of they they, they do not just uh, that bar or this bar. They go to all over. Uh, they go all over Torino, and uh, some great places, uh, and even 
if you're looking for a hotel, obviously uh, Ponte Sassi, uh, which is owned by uh, by Luca, and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm surprised if you don't know who Luca is. Uh, famously saying the lion, uh, which I still <laughs> cracks me up every time I hear that damn video. But um, that's awesome. So yeah, guys, check out around Turin. Um, he's always more than willing to help you if you, you have any questions to get there. Or obviously to get tickets and and what to see, so definitely check that out. And yeah, as as always, stay tuned. We're gonna be getting a couple podcasts going uh, in, in the next few weeks. Obviously, we have the season preview to come and kind of close the chapter of this year and moving on to next year. So uh, yeah, guys, stay tuned as always with the you know at Juventinita DAL Twitter and Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. Um, check it out. And, uh, yeah, as always, fino alla fine, forza Juventus. Ciao, thanks for watching.